0: Stay tuned for Love Talk with the Love Ladies,
1: Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. Love talking today about flawed and passionate love.
2: Hello, friends. Welcome to Love Talk. Today is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We are bridging the gaps here of love and leadership on The Bridge Austin. This is Coach Carrie Brinkater, and of course, Miss Evelyn Davison is here in studio. Hi, Evelyn. Oh, Granny Davison. <laughs> <laughs> great granny, right? Yeah, great, great grandmother.
0: Oh, these are such wonderful times, uh, Carrie. You know, how how can you be discouraged when you know that the Lord Jesus is in reigning position? And you know, these these are times we're going to talk about today because it can also get very very sticky.
2: It can, Miss Evelyn, you know, especially as in the hustle of bustle, bustle of this time of year, you know, as you're trying to, uh, do things to get ready for the holidays, you might be stressed about finances. You might be stressed Mm -hmm. about, uh, relationships and how you're going to handle that Christmas, uh, encounter with that difficult to love family member. Um, you might, your kids might be stressed out about the end of the semester and how they're going to get all the work done before test and finals. And so, sometimes, Miss Evelyn, this time of year doesn't always bring out the best in us, <laughs> in <any of> us. <laughs> right? Uh, but we're going to talk Please. about that today and kind of how to navigate those waters because they can get very tricky. Um, and I'm so pleased and so grateful that it's not just you and I today, Miss yes. Evelyn. We have our beautiful friend Kathy Indebrock on the line. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Carrie. It's great to be calling in with you guys this morning.
1: Carrie, I love this topic that you've brought up and this program that you have put together, and I'm just so looking forward to to sharing the things that that you've prompted us with here and really exploring this topic about love and how sometimes, you know, we think of love and we get this ooey-gooey, wonderful feeling, and yet it can be so messy and sticky and hard and going into christmas season especially it it is all about love and the love that that god showed us when he sent his son christ and um and so anyway i i just love the fact that when we see christmas lights all around us it it reminds us that we are here to be a light in this world because in a dark world it it Christmas lights are not what lights it up it's the it's the children of Christ the children of God that are meant to light up this world and and to put light in this dark place and I'm really looking forward to today's program. I'm just so excited about, um, what y'all are going to share today.
2: Well, you know, as I was preparing for this program, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, we want to talk about love and, and of course, the first scriptures that come to mind are 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm like, really, God? Come on. That, that's, that's, that's the marriage passage. Come on, Lord. That's,
0: <laughs> that's
2: not what you want me to talk about today. Show me something else. And, we kept, I kept coming back to this, and um, I was listening to a couple of speakers this week uh, preparing for this show, and um I, I didn't know there's a new translation out called the, the Passion Translation, and I'm not super familiar with it. I'm not promoting it uh, necessarily, but I did like the way that it kind of, I, I guess expresses these verses in a way where you don't necessarily feel that this has to be read at a wedding, right? That you can apply this to all facets and all areas of your life. And, and so let, let's look, let's look at this just a little bit. Um, I want to read the King James version first of first Corinthians 13. And this is just verses one through three. Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not charity, I am becoming, I become as sounding brass or a clanking cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and not have charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So, gosh, you know, uh, uh, charity, but yet if we do it and we don't have charity or love, then we're nothing. So I go to this Passion Translation, and here's what it says. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I do not express myself with love, my words are reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but I never learned to love, Mm -hmm. I have nothing or I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love. I would gain nothing of value. So, friends, I got to tell you these these verses just really pounded some things home this week as we look at why we act the way we act. And so many times we look at these relationships that are hard, Miss Evelyn, and we go, "Well, that person is just unlovable." <laughs> and then <laughs> As I go through or this. Or doesn't
0: love me enough. Or
2: doesn't love me enough.
0: That's, that's the whining
2: voice. And that's the whining voice. And really, as we look at these verses today, a lot of times if we turn them around on ourselves, we mm-hmm. find out that maybe we're the whiny voice and that maybe we're not loving enough. Maybe we're uh, that giant microscope and putting we're we're the one putting the other person under a microscope and finding all these things that can be wrong with them. So, oh, goodness. So it's going to be a great day here on Love Talk, as always. Now, Miss Evelyn, you've just had grand adventures lately. Uh, I think you're putting out the Good News Journal here. We're working on the uh
0: the 21st. A 25th anniversary. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness.
2: That's wonderful, Miss Evelyn.
0: Well, it came about as a result of, uh, of a disappointment. And sometimes in life, you know, our our pathway has changed when we were disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was getting close to a big birthday, and Van kept asking me what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, don't want anything, got too much work to do. Don't want anything, got too much work to do. Where you want to go, can't go anywhere. So that, you know, that became a little... Uh, Mm, passage for us to go through. You're we talking about passion, and uh-huh. so the result was is that uh, the problem I was having at the time, uh, I had hadn't a good friend that resolved that, and uh, and out of the course of the resolution, uh, Van asked me again, what is it you want for your birthday? And I finally said to him, I want to own my own newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh boy. That's
2: a, that's a small
0: wish Yeah, he didn't world. love that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he got the, he got a vision. Of course, he's now retired. He does marketing and, uh, uh distribution. We, uh, our distribution is 72,000. And we are in forty HEB stores,
2: well, I, I tell you what that little birthday present has been a blessing to so many people, not only you, but it blesses your husband immensely
0: and you know and it 's exciting uh, at our age in life we can it 's pretty well full time but there are a lot of other projects on, one of which is National Day of Prayer. We just got back from summit and and um, in Arkansas. And and uh, we have a, a title. Uh, we have a theme this year that's going to fit perfectly with what we're saying about love.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
0: comes from the Savior's vocabulary, from his dictionary. He says in the book of Mark, love one another. That is That is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. And how just as I love you. And that's a pretty big that's a pretty big assignment,
2: uh, Carrie. It is a big assignment, and I think so many times we get it wrong, Miss Evelyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But here we are in December, we're preparing for this Christmas season. I cannot believe that my kids are almost finished with ninth grade, well, halfway through ninth grade and halfway through eighth grade, and Kathy, you've got one that's halfway through her senior year. I can't believe it, Carrie Evelyn. She is. She's halfway through
1: her senior year and just right now has it narrowed down between two colleges. And so we're just waiting to see what scholarships might come through for those two colleges and and uh, see which, you know, where her leaning is. And we're just praying to, about it together as a family, that the Lord would make that clear for her and that he would give her great favor at the school that, that she's meant to go to. So it's it's a very exciting time and a fun time, something that we've been praying for for years, but it's also a little bit of a sad time because it has yeah. just gone by so fast. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. hmm. We never believe it when our kids are babies. We never believe it, uh, how fast the time goes, but it does. Today, well, lo- it just
0: gives, Oh, excuse me. It just gives you a new avenue to resting because you're working so hard. (laughs) And you have to keep that in mind because the Lord replenishes that that purpose, that passion. And that's what we're talking about today is passion, Mm -hmm. you know, really passionate about something.
2: Absolutely. Today on Love Talk Friends, we want to, we want to talk about love. And so many times when we talk about love, we think of it as this ooey gooey, mushy, you know, good feeling. Love is like that marshmallow that's been toasted over the fire and it's been squished between the chocolate and the graham crackers and it (laughs) oozes all over the crackers. I like that kind. Right? That's, I like that kind. It melts the chocolate. It sticks to our fingers. It makes our lips all sticky and gooey and it squishes all over our shirt and our pants and we just want to lick up every ooey gooey goodness bite. That's when love is good. That's when it's easy. That's when it's fun. We want it to stick to every single fiber of our being, right? We love that s'more until we don't. <laughs> wow. And when that s'more when it we love it while it's good and we love it while while we while we're eating it, but then what, what happens when love is not good? When there's nothing handy there to clean up those sticky fingers and when you smudge it with your napkin, it just gets worse. The napkin, you know, sticks to your fingers. It's annoying. It's frustrating. That stain on our shirt, we can't get it out. And every time we touch it, it just gets stickier. We can't stand the feeling anymore of that stickiness on our face. It's messy. It's hard. It's wounded. It's angry love. That's when the relationship gets hard. The one where you've been hurt over and over again, you're sticky and you don't know how to clean it up. Hey, Miss Evelyn, I crack up because I think about God and I think about his personality and his sense of humor and, you know, how he puts two flawed humans together in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a marriage. And he puts these two flawed humans together. And we as humans, we just expect that things are going to go well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But sometimes they don't. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll continue to talk about this sticky love, this flawed love, this love that might be coming from a place of hurt and from anger and from resentment. And how do we deal with that? What does the Bible say about how we deal with those feelings and how to move forward. We'll talk about that on Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found The Bridge and the Love Ladies right here on 101 FM or 1120 AM. It is, Or maybe you're listening online. That would be fantastic. If you don't know how to listen online, you can talk to your phone and say, hey, Siri, uh, pull up the Bridge Austin app, and she will do that for you. And then you can download that on your phone. You, you can ask Alexa to do that as well if you have a smart device in your home. We're Always on the bridge austin, and you can you can find us there, and you can listen twenty four hours a day on the app uh, so that's super handy, and it puts us all over the world, Miss Evelyn, which is really mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. and we're so grateful and thankful for that. And today, friends, we're talking about love here on Love Talk. Miss Evelyn's, she's grinning over here. Miss Evelyn's favorite topic. And so many times when we talk about love, it's just about the good things and when things are easy and, and when things are going well. And, and we've all had those times whenever relationships are easy and, and we feel great about the place where we are. But what about the times when it gets hard and when it gets sticky and we don't like that sticky feeling and we're just trying to figure it out? Miss Evelyn, during the break you said you can get in a pattern of um of just being mad mm-hmm. uh and I think that's true. sometimes we get in this pattern of just being mad it, and why it, you know sometimes there's very valid reasons that we have to talk through sometimes it's just because we're being selfish or we're disappointed about something mm-hmm. selfish and um you know. Examining ourselves and and looking at what we're doing is is huge. Um, Kathy, you're going to introduce us to a passage in Scripture that's in Luke. And this is an interaction between Jesus, Simon, and a prostitute, a a known prostitute in in the city. And Simon is a Pharisee. Uh, Simon comes from a place of the law Mm -hmm. and upholding the law. And so Simon has a lot to learn, and Jesus is, is one that kind of shows him this in ways that are gentle and in ways that are not so gentle. And if you were to take Simon and this woman, this lady of the evening, and compare the two and ask anyone from the town, you know, who's more pious? they well, would say Simon. Who who leaves a, a better life? Well, Simon. Well, Jesus has a, a little bit different take on this kathy and i'd I'd love for you to take us through this scripture from luke 7 verses 40 through 47. thanks carrie i love
1: this passage it it, you know it just has this incredible secret that christ reveals about um how we can go from just loving a little to loving much and um you know i think sometimes it's pretty easy to love just a little bit to love Mm -hmm. the lovable people uh, but to love much and love lavishly, that is what Christ is after so and and he and in in this passage, Christ reveals the incredible secret to being able to love lavishly. So, okay, listening friends, I'm taking this as Carrie said from Luke chapter seven verses forty through forty seven I'll read those for you now. um so they are in simon's house and and um Simon asks the question. Jesus answered him. Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, Simon says. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Together, or excuse me, neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And this is just such an incredible passage for us. And the last line, it it really gets to me. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, her many, many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And so Jesus is making this point here is that this woman is lavishly pouring out her love on Christ because she recognizes how much he has forgiven her sin. And yet Simon, a Pharisee who outwardly leads this perfect life, he he doesn't see any uh, wickedness Mm -hmm. in his own heart. He doesn't see any need for forgiveness. He doesn't see the sin. He's completely blind to it. Now, Simon can easily point out the sin in others. Simon is great all day long telling others how they fall short, but Simon is not able to see himself and take an accurate account himself to see in his own heart, what needs to be forgiven. And I just, it, this is such a huge, huge concept for us to get our hands around. So now Evelyn, if someone has been forgiven many, many times, or if if they have been forgiven of something that we consider a big sin, do you, do you think are, is this saying that they will be more grateful? Well,
0: yes and no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
0: uh, if they recognize that forgiveness comes because it's the right thing to do. Hmm. Uh, but if they do it in you know in word only, and the lifestyle does not change. Within, that's a whole new bargain. You know, the, how many times are you going to do this? And we've all had friends or children that say, how many times are you going to do this? You know, you can't, and I, as an example, you can't drive the car without gas. <laughs> and so wh- where are you going to get the power to get through, re- you know, hard times or, or mm-hmm. needy times? Well, the power package is only what Jesus says it is over and over and over again. He said, love one another. And that's what we're talking about today just to love one another. Mm-hmm. And because if we don't really love, then what do we do? That's sin. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes it to begin with. When over and over and over and over. So, uh, you know, it's, um, we just have to keep in mind that um, the Lord came and he forgives us of everything that's not of him. To make room for those things that He wants to give us,
2: and that's why love is so important. Well, and to forgive—that's the hardest part, Miss Evelyn, right? You know, you look at these stories of—you know—I um, I read the story of this woman who was attacked by this man and um, brutally attacked by this man, and she, she, after she got well, she said, "You know what? The Lord's just telling me to 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 contact Him." and uh, they they got in touch with one another and she forgave him mm-hmm. and they have become very very good friends through this process and it was such a relief to him to be forgiven because he wasn't in a good place and obviously um you know he was so he he was just so thankful for that forgiveness of his giant mistake you know the hard part i think miss evelyn is whenever we feel like we've forgiven many times, mm-hmm. and we feel like we keep getting burned. and We mm-hmm. keep getting hurt. We don't it, have enough love left. Right. This is tricky. <laughs> this is where it gets tricky. I was reading uh, something that Max Lucato wrote earlier this week, and he says, God's grace is where love and justice meet. Woo wee! How do love and justice coexist in the same sentence? Love and justice, in my mind, I see those as kind of two different things. Um, but as, as we frame it through the Lord's eyes, they absolutely marry one another when grace comes into the picture. So let's look at this within the surroundings of 1 Corinthians 13. All right, Paul had—I believe he's on his second journey at this point—and he goes to Corinth, and he ends up meeting this couple there, um, named Priscilla and Aquila. And Kathy, when I when I think about priscilla and aquila i kind of think about you and eric like these super cool people like they were kind of hit for their time you know they were tent makers they probably made them look cool um you know and i kind of think of you and eric as (laughs) as these as these people who would who just kind of oh okay yeah we'll take you in yeah you you want it you need to live here you need some food oh great yeah we got that um and jesus just made this amazing relationship with priscilla and aquila and he began preaching, they began preaching uh, about, you know, they they began preaching to the Jews and the Gentiles. And what we have to know about Corinth is that Corinth is a very eclectic town. Corinth became a town of um, many different types of people. There were, um, I guess at the time they called them Orientals or Asians, um, lots of Jews, lots of Gentiles and so all of these people are trying to mesh together in this city. And he stayed in Corinth longer than in any other city. And he stayed there about a year and a half. And then he left and continued with his journeys. And during that time that he left, the church became divided, as you can imagine, right? Some people were like, no, no, only Paul knows the right way. And then some people were like, well, no, Priscilla and Aquila know the right way. Mm -hmm. And then there was a new guy that came in, and he was young, and he was exuberant, and his name was Apollos. And some people were like, well, wait, Apollos is teaching about Jesus too? No, he knows the right way. And the church was trying to combine these different cultures, and they just kind of were questioning and got some things mixed up. And so he wrote to this church to address the questions that the congregation had and to correct them. And I love that the congregation asked him questions. They wrote to him and asked him questions. We want this fixed. That's right. Help us. Because we don't know the right way to do this. This is why there's a chapter of love in the middle of the letter of Corinthians. (laughs) This is why. Because it looks like it's almost disjointed, Miss Evelyn. Mm, All of a sudden, here's Corinthians chapter 13. And you're like, what? 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 This is so odd compared to the rest of the book. And I feel it's super applicable as a way for us to love when we're tired of loving. Like you said, Ms. Evelyn, we're tired of trying. We're tired of getting hurt. We're tired of the sticky mess that has become this relationship, whether it's a relationship between a mother and a son, a father and a daughter, a husband and wife, two friends, a pastor and his church. Mm. I mean, there's all different types of relationships that become sticky miss evelyn that work relationship with your boss i it, we could go on and on and on
0: and that sticky and
2: includes painful it does it does when we return to love talk friends what what does this passage in 1 corinthians 13 tell us about teachers preachers leaders how does it address us how does it address the followers the servants oh paul gets it all right and he addresses every single one of us right after this here on love talk hello friends welcome back to today's christian talk and love talk with the love ladies i'm coach carrie brinkader of course miss evelyn davison and our good friend Kathy and DeBrock on the line. What a fantastic day we're having here talking about love when it gets sticky, when it gets hard, when you're coming from a place of hurt, from anger, from, when you're coming of a place from resentment. Just having a good conversation with a, a really, really close friend of mine the other day. And we were talking about coming from this place of resentment and how it's hard not to go back to that place all the time, especially when things haven't been resolved. Um, and and we're, we're going to continue to talk about that here today. These verses in First Corinthians really do, friends, help us to look at this and apply to us even when things are hard and sticky and resentful and angry. They're not just for the the wedding day when things are fantastic and great and lovely and easy. And Paul. Is a great wordsmith here, and he does a fantastic job. He's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's specifically writing to those in the church. And, Kathy, he finds a way here to address every single person from the top tippy-top leadership to the person who is behind the scenes serving. Could you read us those that passage again, Kathy, and, and help take us through that? Uh, I would love to. And for most people, this passage, like we've talked about earlier, it's
1: going to sound familiar because if you've been to uh, a wedding, whether it is a a Christian or otherwise wedding, you've likely heard these verses on love. And, you know, I always pictured Paul standing up somehow and preaching these to couples who were uh, ready to launch into a beautiful life together. And yet it's amazing that that's not why Paul shared these words at all. I mean, he shared these words, like you said, Carrie, to a church that was in disarray, a church that wasn't getting along, um, a church that, that wasn't looking to Christ for answers, but was looking to one another for answers. And so Paul, he comes with this, these beautiful words. And instead of being angry, angry at them for uh, causing problems in this church that that he worked so hard to establish Instead of, of, of calling them foolish or, or pointing out all the things they're doing wrong, he admonishes them with this, with this passage. And so I'll read that for you now, just if you can hear this in a new light, that this is meant to bring um, peace and prosperity in the midst of, of conflict, to put our eyes in a new direction, to reset the barometer of our heart. And this is what Paul says. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing." And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. And I just love this because Paul is addressing everyone here. There is, there is uh, no one that can read this. And not hear, um, these words penetrating their own uh, spirit. And whether they're, it's a preacher or a leader or a follower, those with great gifts or those with little gifts, um, those who are servants and givers or those who are going to the church in need, mm-hmm. um, Paul is speaking to everyone here. And it's, it's a really profound passage of scripture. That if we really press into, it can have an amazing impact, not just in our own heart and in our own life, but in 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 those relationships that are good, it will make them better. And in those relationships that are difficult, it can bring a new direction and healing. And, you know, love is so super easy when things are going smoothly, but love is at its best when things are difficult and challenging. And now, Evelyn, you know, we talk about marriage, and this, this passage definitely applies to marriage, too. And you and Van, we just, Carrie and I admire you. So, I mean, you and Van are just such an admired and revered couple. You've been together for so many years. I know you've been through some difficult times. What What do you do when love gets hard?
0: Well, the first time first thing we do is we take time out. One year, before we moved to Austin, um, we had a ranch, and we had cows and all the stuff that goes with it, and Van traveled four days a week, and so David and I ran the ranch. <laughs> so when Van would come in on Friday, uh, you know, he he just had to fill in the holes, and it, it went really well for a long time, but then it began to be a problem, and so, well, I, I know it was out at Christmas time, and I got a package, and I opened it from under the tree, and with a whistle, you know, a regular police whistle. And I asked him, I said, what is this for? And they said, well, so we can take a time out.
2: <laughs> so I learned that
0: really from, from my boys, from the two boys, because David sided with me. Danny didn't care. He didn't care, you know, if the rain <laughs> or sunshine. But it left Van in a very awkward position. So what we began to do when in, in times when there was uh, discord, or, you know, lack of understanding, or disappointment, whatever it was, we would just, in our minds, blow that whistle and say, time out, time out, Mm. and and pray about it. And we had to do that, really. One of the hardest times we had to do that was when our Danny uh, was in college after high school. He decided he wanted to go to Colorado Springs, and um, we had a condo, and and live up there and work on ski, ski slopes. And Van had a fit. He literally had a fit. I mean, it went on for two weeks. And so finally I said, okay, uh, you know, if we don't do this, what are we going to do? You have to look at the other side of this. And uh, so he, I said, we're not going to make a decision until you come to, to either acceptance or you just refuse to agree. And it took us about two weeks. Two weeks, and he just came home one day, and he said, "Well, I was talking to the Lord, and He just told me to shut my mouth." (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't ever know. You don't know what's going on in another person's mind, Mm -hmm. and it's true with children. You know, especially with competition between kids. Our boys were far enough apart that we didn't have that. But my sister lived with it every day. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is blow the whistle, take a time out. And that's my best explain, explanation for it.
2: I love that. You know, I was uh, I heard of this couple who um, the, the man came to the woman before they even got married. And he said, look, you're going to have to stop believing every time we get in an argument. I won't stand for it. Oh! And she was like, what what, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean I can't, I can't. Le-? He said, no, that doesn't solve anything. We get in an argument. We're going to solve it. We're going to figure it out. And you got to stop leaving because I'm not going to be in a relationship where, where we just drag this on forever mm-hmm. and <laughs> ever. And so she was kind of called to the carpet on that. And that, you know, I think that's a, a really a, a good that's a time out, right? Like, you, hey, let's just breathe a you minute. Gotta,
0: you got to put a plan together. And put a plan together to have under the mission that God has called you for and it's hard. It it's is. hard for a husband, hard for a wife.
2: Well, Paul finds a way to speak to all of us in those verses 1 through 3 and then friends, we get to verses 4 through 7 and he gets really practical. Now, this is 1 Corinthians 13 and he he just he's so practical here. It's what I love about Paul. He tells us exactly, he shows us exactly what God would want us to do. You know, this church was messy, it was fragile. It could have broken apart at any moment. But the church made a decision to try to figure it out. And that's exactly what Paul tells us God would want us to do in this passage. We have to try to figure it out. So here we go. Verses 4 through 7, Corinthians chapter 13. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Unpacking these verses is going to be quite fun. Let's see. Now, Kathy, I want you to take verse 4. We've got about two minutes before break. And I'd like for you to take verse 4. And show us what that might look like when we decide to make things sticky, when we decide to mm-hmm. make love hard. What does verse, look look, verse 4 look like?
1: Okay, so let's take that wonderful, delicious s'more, and we're going to drop it in the dirt <laughs> and yeah. try and scrape some of that dirt off. It's good. We're going to be covered with sticky dirt all over us. So if we take this beautiful verse on love and we flip it, to show sometimes what, what what our version of love is like. Here we go. Um, love is small and incredibly impatient. Love is harsh and incredibly unkind to all. It refuses to be joyful when blessing comes to someone else. Love brags about one's own achievements and inflates its own importance. Ouch. I mean, Carrie, I, I have been there. I have done mm-hmm. that. So many times I can tell you I have been impatient. Mm-hmm. I have been harsh rather than been gracious. And yeah, I, you know, sometimes when incredible blessing has come to others, I've thought, well, what? hold on, we've been working towards the same thing. Yet why would God bless them and not bless me? Mm-hmm. And that's an incredibly hurtful attitude. We, we, we would be so much better off. If we would say, yay, God, how awesome is this that you have brought them success, because I know personally how hard the road has been for them because I've been walking the same road. Thank you, Lord, for giving success. It's so, I love it when we can take these verses and in trying to better understand them, try and turn them around a little bit and see if we're actually working against God's word. And and ask ourselves, are we doing that? Are we working in line with God's word, for God's word, promoting God's word? Or are we the one ourselves who are working against God's Mm -hmm. word? So I I love it when we change that verse around a little bit. And I know there's another way for us to take a look at these verses by inserting ourselves in the middle of it. We're going to take a look at that. We want to take a look at this same verse on love. Evelyn, when we come back, I know you're going to insert your name right in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. You're going to show all of our listening friends how to make this love verse about them, how to hold themselves accountable, stepping straight into God's word to change the flow of their heart, the flow of their life to impact every relationship around them. Listening friends, we're going to be right back with this right after our word from our sponsors. Stay
2: with us hello friends welcome back to love talk and today we are talking about love and what happens when we make it sticky and we make it wrong kathy just turned to the this verse in first corinthians 13 verse 4 turned it around to point it at ourselves and i have to admit that this week i had to point this at myself my daughter and i I'd gotten up really early. We'd gone to the gym to shoot some baskets and get a workout in before school, and we kind of got crossways with each other. I mean, it was 5:45 in the morning and um, six o'clock in the morning, and we, you know, we just weren't just weren't being nice to one another. And as soon as she went to go take a shower, I texted her and I was like, "I am so sorry for being impatient. I was small. I was impatient. I was harsh. There's no excuse." It won't happen again. I love you. And she texted back. She goes, it's okay. I wasn't being the nicest either, and I had a bad attitude. (laughs) Love you too, Mom. So you know what? We just we hit that one head on because we had both been – wrong there but somebody had to take the first step and really friends it doesn't matter who takes the first step it 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 really doesn't and I think there are times when we get caught up on that aspect of it too right Miss Evelyn well they did me wrong they were being such a jerk well maybe you were too and so um I think that we have to realize that, and that's a hard place to get. Now, Kathy turned those verses around, and, you know, so many times our prideful nature and sinful nature gets in the way. Now, Miss Evelyn, another way to look at this verse is to insert our very name into verses four through seven in place of the word love and see if it even starts to apply to us so do that for us with verse five verses five and six miss evelyn
0: well this is exciting and it's really an integral part of what we're talking about today how you live love how you love Mm. others jesus says love them like i love them and so this is what putting my name in it, it says evelyn does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek her own honor wow Evelyn is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Six, Evelyn is joyfully, Evelyn joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. But, you know, when you put your name there for love, it tends to be personal. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It tends to be personal. And we always go back to that. What is it that Jesus says about this? What is it? This is Paul writing. What he's, what God's taught him. Jesus says, "Love one another as I love you." Well, and we're kind co-
2: It is a big assignment, and I think sometimes, Miss Evelyn, when we're coming from a place of hurt or anger or resentment, we have these little embers that are constantly burning inside of us. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're still on the metaphor here of our sticky marshmallows and our s'more that we are roasting over the fire, like we have these little embers that are burning inside of us and as soon as this person who has in the past hurt us or caused some resentment or we're a little bit angry at them all the time all of a sudden we're a wildfire like literally in 0.02 seconds those embers flame up into this giant wildfire because we have this anger hurt pain now, friends, I'm not telling you your anger, hurt, your pain, your resentment is not real and it's not valid and, it, and it's not true and it's not your feelings because they are your feelings. But how we manage those and what God tells us about how to manage those is what is of utmost importance. When we're coming from this place of hurt and pain, we might want to look for ways to tear down, to demean, or even delight in another person's struggles. Verse 7 is very, um, oh, it's really in your face. (laughs) Evelyn, it, it just hits home. It says, love is a safe place of shelter. Are we providing a safe place of shelter for those that we love, that we say that we love? Or are we getting this wildfire, you know, anger and irritation at the drop of a hat? Here here we go, verse 7. Love is a safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes a failure as defeat because it never gives up. Do we actively look for ways to make our home, our friendships, our relationships a place of shelter? Are we a safe place to land or do we set up a brick wall and say you can't come in here? Failure. The, love, the verse goes on to talk about failure. Love never takes failure as defeat. Sometimes we say that a failure is hurting someone and you feel ashamed. A failure is whenever someone hurts you and you're wounded. But, friends, that failure doesn't have to mean defeat. This is where love comes in to conquer if we don't give up. It says right there, don't give up. When we're hurt and we feel defeated, we have to go back to our true measure, which is Christ. And he never gave up on us. Good. Thank goodness he never gives up on me. And he's the only one capable of perfect love. And I think that's where, as flawed humans, we get it wrong, Ms. Evelyn. We expect one other person or or you know, this group to love us flawlessly. That's never going to happen. Is love a choice? I believe that it is. Do we have to make a conscious decision to continue to choose to love? Absolutely. Now, friends, I'm not talking about abusive relationships here. I'm not talking about a relationship that is harmful and hurtful to you physically and mentally. Those relationships absolutely have to be cut off. But when we're talking about relationships that can be repaired, relationships where you're trying to look to Jesus for answers, do not throw in the towel. Don't do it. Kathy, I, I like to listen to Jen Hatmaker sometimes. She's a very well-known um, speaker. She actually lives here in Austin. I know sometimes she's controversial, but I do believe she has some good things to say. And she says this, love, love decides that it loves each other. Is that true?
1: I mean, it is true. Love is not about a feeling. And and sometimes when we are not feeling love, loving, we can still choose to act in a loving way. And I think this is one of the things that Paul is really trying to convey um, in this letter that he sent to the church at Corinth. Because when Paul is talking about love, he doesn't say, love is warm and fuzzy, Love is a wonderful feeling. Love is happiness at its best. Love is a perfect, sunshiny day. No, that is not what Paul is talking about. When he talks about love, he doesn't talk about feelings. He talks about actions, that, that love does provide a shelter, that love is joyful, and love celebrates, and it is patient, and it is kindness to all. So we don't have to feel loving in order to act in a loving way and you know it's so amazing the way that god has wired us you know we tell the girls when you're going into a situation and faithy when you're walking onto that basketball court if you're worried about the team that you're coming up against you make sure that when you walk onto that court you stand up tall with confidence that you hold your head up and you get ready to play basketball. And it's amazing when we just hold our head up, when we straighten out that back of ours and we put our, our, our bodies in a position that conveys confidence, all of a sudden, guess what? We start feeling confident, it's amazing. Well, when we act in a loving way, it is amazing how the feelings will follow mm. the actions. We can start to feel more loving if we choose to act loving, even when we don't feel it. It's just an amazing way that, that God has wired us in our minds and in our spirits. And and I tell you, one of the best ways I find when I am not feeling loving towards a person, the best thing to do is to pray for that person. I find it is impossible to stay angry and bitter at a person that you were praying for. And, and I would say, especially when the person that you are angry and bitter at is yourself. If there are things that we have not forgiven ourselves for, we need to go and spend time in prayer over those issues, looking through God's word to see where, where his word would speak truth into our life and going and seeking forgiveness from God for how we've even treated ourselves. That can be the very first stepping point in being uh, loving towards others. So, uh, Carrie, I mean, I do, I do love that. We have to give up this false idea that love is this feeling, and when the feeling's present, the actions can come. We need to really hold ourselves accountable that the actions – need to happen regardless of how we're feeling sometimes. That's okay. So Very
2: true. Uh, the actions are so important. You know, I came across this quote this week. It says, we can't be surprised when it's hard to love folks in person when we've been talking about them negatively in our minds all week. Loving indeed often begins with loving in thought. And that's exactly what you're saying, Kathy, you know, thinking about them and praying for them, praying for ourselves, that tends to just completely change our mindset. But I think that the actions as well completely change our mindset. When we act in a loving way, then then all of a sudden we realize, oh, yeah, all right, I, I, I should have been here the whole time. You know, and what do people do that love each other? They talk to each other. They spend time with one another, and they don't throw in the towel because you're waiting for this love to come back. Well, I'm just waiting for the love to come back. No, you have to be proactive if you want that love to come back. Friends, love is hard. But Jesus gives us the perfect way. Jesus is incredibly large and patient. Jesus is gentle and consistently kind to all. Jesus refuses to be jealous. Jesus does not brag about one's achievements or inflate his own importance. Jesus does not traffic in shame and respect. Jesus is not easily irritated. And I tell you what, Jesus delights joyfully. Jesus is a safe place of shelter. And he never takes failure as defeat because Jesus never, ever, ever gives up on us. I pray, friends, that this beginning of December has been a blessing for you today as you, as you love this holiday season, as you look for ways to express that love even when you don't feel like it. Because that's exactly what God called us to do. Find a great church to attend tomorrow, friends, or tonight that preaches God's word. For my beautiful friends, Ms. Kathy Endebrock and Ms. Evelyn Davison, I am Coach Kerry Brinkater, and we thank you so much for joining us on Love Talk. Check out our archives on Love Talk Network, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.